Welcome to Desert Foothills. We are in a series this season here between Christmas and Easter called Epiphany. And the series, we're talking about vanishing virtues. Virtues, of course, are those qualities, those moralities, things that are lived out in our lives. And we think about Epiphany is shining that light of Christ into the world. And what a difference we make by the way we live our lives. Had a lot of great... Uh, thoughts already in this series, especially last week when Pastor Jeremy uh, talked about patience. Whew. Now, for me, I, I think patience is the hardest of all these virtues to actually just live out and maintain and just, you know, keep a hold on. But today I want to talk about a virtue that I think is maybe the most important to me, I know, and I think it's one of the most vanishing virtues in our society, and that is Loyalty. Loyalty. Before I jump in, just so I can kind of get the context of my message here, know where to start, uh, help me out. If everyone would just participate, how many of you would agree with me as you think about loyalty uh, to God, family, country? How many of you would agree that disloyalty is a big problem in our society? How many of you? Just hold your hand up for a second so people can look around. And just see that virtually unanimous. Yeah. Okay, so the need is established. Good. Well, let me ask one more question. Uh, again, just help me out. Just be completely honest. We're all friends here. Uh, how many of you, and just raise your hand, how many of you would say, I am basically, mostly, I'm mostly a loyal person. I'm a loyal person. Did you raise your hand up? And then just look around the room. Look around the room. Okay, now do you see the challenge of today's message? You see the tension there? We say, yeah, disloyalty is a big problem, but it's not me, <laughs> right? And the, the trouble is we're loyal kind of up to a point, right? But if you're ever, you know, uh, pushed me beyond my limits, that's why I was disloyal, but then on the other hand, whoa, if you're ever disloyal to me, oh my goodness, this is a problem. Well, what we need to understand as we begin our little journey, short journey today, is that disloyalty is very difficult to see in the mirror. We can see disloyalty, again, the way other people treat us, and the, oh my goodness, I get offended, but it's really hard to see in the mirror most of us are basically loyal people. The problem is we're basically loyal to ourselves, first and foremost. So I want to talk today about a very, uh, probably the greatest biblical example of loyalty and disloyalty. And that's from our gospel reading this morning. It's, it's about Peter. Now, poor Peter, I know he gets picked on. <laughs> All the time. I'm going to pick on him again today. But Peter, if there was one disciple who claimed and even bragged about his loyalty to Jesus, it was Peter. He basically said, hey, if all these other losers abandon you, not me. Not me. I'm going to stick with you through thick and thin. And in Matthew 26, Peter says to Jesus, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. And then Jesus says, truly, I tell you. He says, actually, Peter, 
This very night, before the rooster crows, you will disown me, not once, not twice, three times. You will be disloyal to me three times before the sun comes up this day. You stand there proclaiming, I'm so loyal to you. And you know that you know what happened next, don't you? The guards came to the garden, they arrested Jesus, drug him into the town, Jerusalem, and the, Peter's following. Several of them are following. Peter gets in all the way into the courtyard where you can kind of see what's going on in the uh, kind of a trial. And three different people in the courtyard come up to him. Hey, aren't you with that Jesus guy? And Peter says, Jesus who? I don't know any Jesus. What are you talking about? Not me. I don't know this guy. Three times. And then the rooster crows, and it hits him. And you can almost see and sense the anguish within him. He says, oh no. I have been disloyal to the most loyal man I've ever known. You skip down to verse 75. After that, Peter went outside and wept bitterly. He grieved his disloyalty to Jesus. The lesson for all of us is that true loyalty is proven, not proclaimed. True loyalty is proven by our actions. It's not just proclaimed with our words. Words are so easy. Look at Proverbs 20 says about a loyal friend. It says, many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person, who can find? What we need to understand as followers of Jesus, we not only need to talk the talk, right? we need to walk the walk. And One of the greatest examples of this kind of loyalty is actually from the sports world. How many of you know Jackie Robinson? You know that name. You know Jackie Robinson? First African-American Major League Baseball player, the first player to break the color of the barrier, the race barrier. He faced so much prejudice and just vitriol. He got death threats. In the mail, they they called him all kinds of horrible things. Even some of his own teammates. But there was one man on his team in 1947. He played for the Brooklyn Dodgers, second baseman. And the shortstop was Pee Wee Reese. Isn't that a great name? Pee Wee Reese. Some of you know that name. Well, turns out Pee Wee and Jackie were actually very, very good friends. And one day, the 47 season, Brooklyn was playing at Cincinnati. And Brooklyn's on defense. They're out in the field, taking the field. And the Cincinnati fans start throwing things onto the field. And they start cursing. They start yelling again horrible things. And they're booing. Their chorus of boos so loud. And Pee Wee Reese takes his glove off and he throws it in the dirt. And he walked over to the second baseman, his good friend. And he looked up at the crowd And he just did this. He put his arm around Jackie Robinson. And the crowd went silent. 
Jackie Robinson later said that that simple act of kindness did more than just save his career. It probably saved his life. And that was such a momentous thing. That, that, one, that one act of kindness has been memorialized with the statue. Pee-wee Reese with his arm around Jackie Robinson. True loyalty is proven, right? It's not just proclaimed. It's not like, I'm just going to be loyal to you up to a point, but you ever push me beyond that, you know, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to be conditionally loyal to you. I am loyal to you and you forever. And I don't care what people say. I don't care what people think about me. I don't even care if my life is threatened. I am loyal to you and you forever. Now, since most of you are very loyal people, we established that, I've got really excited today to do something, something very different. I have a special guest right back here who's going to take us on this next part of our message. Let me just uh, give him my microphone. Here you go. He's just on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I would uh, like to introduce you sarcastic mark sarcastic mark come on out uh no longer pastor mark sarcastic mark since since all of you are very loyal people what i would like to do today i call this message is for beginning betrayers right beginning betrayers i'm going to teach you how to be disloyal because you're all loyal but in case you ever want to be disloyal this is how you do it are you ready Okay, beginning betrayers, step number one, if you're going to be a disloyal person, you have to be disloyal to your spouse. That's just foundational. Now, I'm going to have to preface all of this, right, because everything we're going to talk about, what we have to do, basically, we just have to ignore God's word over and over again. Because the first verse somebody's going to throw at me, I know, Malachi 2.15, right? God said, did he not make them one with a portion of the Spirit in their union? In other words, is a married couple, the two flesh, now become one flesh? Come on, that's so old-fashioned. Nah, don't worry about that. And what was the one God seeking? Godly offspring. So, guard your hearts. Ah, who wants to do that? Come on. And let none of you be faithless to the wife of your youth. Come on, guys. Hey, if you can trade a 50-year-old in for two 25-year-olds, go for it! I mean, more power to you, right? Faithless to the wife of your... Come on. And then the next verse, verse 16. For the man who does not love his wife but divorces her, says the Lord, the God of Israel, covers his garment with violence. This is like a Hebrew idiom, figure speech. It basically means if you divorce your wife, you inflict a tremendous amount of pain upon her. But come on, she probably had it coming anyway, right? Sarcastic mark. All right. Says the Lord, so guard yourselves in your spirit and, and do not be faithless. So if we're going to be disloyal to our spouse, I mean, obviously, the most obvious thing is to have an affair, right? Just commit adultery. Now, I know, I know all of you are very loyal people, but statistics say that somewhere between 40 and 60% of people have affairs. So, again, 
be faithful, one unit, that's just, again, old-fashioned, right? Let's just do what the world does, and the next step, you can just take it all the way to the conclusion, if she's not making you happy, if he's not making you happy, just divorce, just walk away. Don't do the hard thing, don't try to work through it, don't try to grow through it and develop through it, mature through it. Don't love sacrificially and give unconditionally. No, no, no. No, I mean, you're basically loyal, but you've got to be loyal to yourself first. So just divorce. That's the popular thing today. Just walk away. Now, those are obvious ones. I've got some subtle ways, some very subtle and creative ways to be disloyal to your spouse. These are great. You're all going to love these. Uh, the first thing I would recommend, and I've seen guys that can joke uh, with the best of them. They use sarcasm really well. And they'll be out in public, and they'll have dinner with their friends, and they'll just constantly dig and poke and just tear down their spouse in public. But the great thing about it is, is they mask it with humor. And so they can always say, I was just joking. <laughs> but what's great is, Most of the wives I know who go through that, they don't take it laying down. They go home and they criticize. They criticize their husband in front of their kids. So their kids are in the room and they say, why can't you be a better provider like so-and-so? Why aren't you a more godly man? Just tear them apart. Great way to be disloyal to your spouse is to dishonor them and to belittle them in front of others. Hmm? Here's another one. Guys, you know, hey, go out to eat. You're sitting in a restaurant. Pretty waitress walks by. What do you do? Gawk, baby! Just check her out. And you know what's great? Is that since you're a religious person, you could even thank God for that hot person that just walked by. Right? Make it religious. But you know, you don't even have to do it with your eyes. You can do it with your thoughts. You can be disloyal with your thoughts. Think about an old boyfriend, think about an old girlfriend, just think lustful thoughts, and you can be disloyal. But ultimately, if you want to be disloyal to your spouse, and remember, this is sarcastic Mark, okay? Sarcastic Mark, not Pastor Mark. And I, uh, are you still with me? Okay, good. I, just, I am a little worried about somebody who might be tuning in like right now and being, who is this psycho to this church? What am I watching? Okay. It ultimately, if you want to be disloyal to your spouse, just prioritize anything ahead of your marriage. Anything. Anything at all. It could be your work. It could be a hobby. It could be friends. It could be the yard. It could be the pursuit of material things. You just put anything ahead of your spouse. All right? Beginning betrayers. Uh, great way to be disloyal to your spouse. Now, the next group of people that you're going to want to make sure you're disloyal to, of course, is your friends. Got to be disloyal to them. Uh, Proverbs 17, of course, says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Ah, it's garbage. Come on. <laughs> we're going to ignore that. So, what we're going to do is, first of all, to be disloyal to our friends, super simple, we're going to gossip about them. Just gossip. So, you leave church, or you leave your life group, or maybe you had dinner with your friend. You come home, you say, Oh, can you believe the way they spend their money? I, I don't. They, their marriage is just da 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 But also, you don't have to be the one gossiping. You can just listen. Right? So just let people gossip about your friends. And don't stop them and don't correct them. 
Another way you can be disloyal to your friends is to lie to them. So here's what you do. You have to not love them enough to tell them the truth. Like if they ask you a question, but you know the answer is going to be hard for them to hear. Hey, man, your job is to make them feel better. Your job isn't to tell them the truth. Just lie. Lie. Do not confront them, right? If they're going to do something reckless, don't stand in front of their way and say, but I love you too much. I'm not going to let you destroy yourself by making this decision. No, 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 no. We're just going to lie. And of course, if you ever get in a fight, right, they do something you don't like, walk away. Walk away. That's what's hot today. Just walk away. Again, don't work on it. You know, go through all that reconciliation. Forget That's hard. That's too hard. The easy thing, always, whether it's a spouse, a friend, just walk away. All right, beginning betrayers, disloyal to your spouse, disloyal to your friends. Here's the big one. We can all be disloyal to Christ's church. Very simple. Uh, We can be disloyal to the big C church. We can be disloyal to the little C, our local congregation, too. Now, before we jump into Acts chapter 2, I just need to warn you. These New Testament Christians... They were like fanatics. I'm fanatical. They they took Jesus seriously, like all the stuff he said. So just know that, okay, before we get into this. So Acts chapter 2 says, these early Christians, they devoted themselves. Who's got time for that? Come on. Devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. Wow, it's it's like they were this little community. It was like this family of faith that, that served each other and ministered to each other and encouraged one another, prayed for each other, supported each other. And they grew. They grew these deep, intimate relationships with each other. Come on. Nobody's got time for that today. Man, I got TV to watch. All right. The breaking of bread and the prayers. And then next verse. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Okay. Sounds like communism to me. I mean, come on. And we're Americans, so we know this. Hey, if God blesses you with more, okay, like this is what you need to live, and God gives you that, but then God blesses you with more, that more, that's for you, baby. That's not for you to be generous. God doesn't bless you so you can bless other people. That's for you. It's all yours. Sarcastic Mark. Next verse. Daily. Again, who has got time for this? Daily, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. So, really good way to be disloyal to Christ's church is to make sure you attend or participate in worship sporadically, very sporadic. Don't make it a priority in your life, right? we got too many of those already. And really the good news is, uh, at least I know before the pandemic, an active Christian, the average active Christian in America went to church once a month, once a month. That was the average. So good, good start. Now, I've picked on all those people. Now, you know, 
that I am an equal opportunity offender. So, let me talk to the people who even show up to church. So, if you do come to church, make sure you come here with a very consumeristic mindset. How is the church going to meet my needs? Okay, don't, don't you ever think that you are the church and that you are here to meet the needs of the world. No, 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 no. If some church has this great band, you go and you go worship over there on Sundays. If this church has got a great youth group, you send your kids over there. If you like the podcast from a church in Texas, you listen to that. Okay? What's in it for me? Do not serve. Do not volunteer. Do not give. Because this is all about what's in it for me. Whew. All right, that's enough of con- sarcastic mark. That's just hard to preach that way, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> this is like opposite day or something. I'm going to say it backwards. Loyalty. It's difficult to see in the mirror. You know it's a big problem. It's not me. But true loyalty is proven. It's not just proclaimed. So let me just bring this whole message into focus with this one statement. Where does disloyalty come from? What is disloyalty born out of? All disloyalty is born out of a divided heart. We want a little bit of Jesus and a little bit of the world. We want just a sprinkle of Jesus, but not so much that it makes us weird or different. <laughs> right? We, we kind of want to do what God wants us to do, but really we want to do what I want to do, and I want to get what I want to get and make what I want to make. We have a divided heart. Now, think about loyalty from God's perspective. God created each and every one of us. He gave us life so that he could show us his love and so that he could be in an intimate fellowship with each and every one of you. That's his purpose. That's his plan to be with us forever. And he is so loyal That when we were still sinners, when we were disloyal to him, he sent his one and only son to die for our sins, to remove those sins from us. He is loyal to us forever, forever and ever and ever and ever. Now, what does God hope to get from us. Well, one day a man came up to Jesus and he said, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Hey, Jesus, what's the big one? And Jesus said, simple, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Not to have a divided heart, but to give God all of our heart. Now, I know when I think about this, it's very hard for me to admit 
that I can be a disloyal person to my spouse, to my friends, to my church. It hurts. And it's okay. It's actually good, like Peter, to go outside of the courtyard and weep bitterly. To be convicted of our sins. It's kind of actually where God wants us so that he can come in and forgive us and renew us and restore us to walk in his ways, right? to be glad to follow his will. So, best news. By the power of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus, we do have new hearts, like a heart transplant. We have new hearts, and we can give those hearts to God. And when we mess up, we all will, God is right there. He is loyal to us no matter what we do to him. He's always loyal. He is ready and waiting for us to come back. So let's just go for the gusto, right? Let's live out as best we can these Lives that are just wonderful examples of loyalty to our families, our church, our community. This is a big problem in our society. Again, the change has to start with us. Amen? Well, God, help us and grant that to us today. Amen.